Being green can be so sexy. Well, at least you can be sexy and keep it green. Check out the Green Divas Eco Sexy Podcast for ways to keep it green in the bedroom or wherever you like to have sex. Okay, so we're back doing another fabulous eco-sexy segment with Wendy Stragar, who is a loveologist. She is the founder of GoodCleanLove.com, author of Love That Works and an upcoming book called Sex That Works. Hi, Wendy. Hi, thanks for having me again, Meg. I, I love chatting with you. It's, it's really... I don't know. Educational? Well, it's educational and, and actually, i got to be honest with you, like a lot of times I, I just feel better. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm more normal, <laughs> which is my terrible well, segue. That's seg- the goal of normalizing who we are. Well, you know, and it's a segue, a, a kind of, you know, wonky segue to the topic today, which is about what is normal. And we get so hung up on that, especially sexually. There's shame attached to, I'm not normal. Um, and whatever normal is. So I know you can riff on that and get us started on that conversation. Yeah, you know, there's a funny quote that came, that goes, the only normal people are the ones you don't know very well. So, <laughs> um, I, I think it's a good way to sort of open up this, this segment because, you know, the, the, actually the number one question that people go to a sex therapist about is, uh, is this normal? You know, and even if it's a couple's thing, then they're wondering who's normal. Is you know, is she normal? Am I normal? No, that's not normal. What they want to do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when people have differences in their desire or the kind of things they're interested in, then it, auto- it almost automatically always turns into a conversation about who's not normal. Right. And it's a shame. Actually, yeah. it's a shame because it limits our capacity to become erotic human beings and fulfilled in that way in so many ways. Um, and so I really feel like the heart and soul of my work has always been to normalize the truth that we are sexual, erotic human beings. And it comes really like, it's like so foundational. After we eat and sleep and drink, um, the next thing we are is a sexual human being. And if we could just get that and yeah. get over our fear of what it is to be normal or not be normal, and expand the breadth of what we accept as normal, um, then that would change everything, well, seems, literally everything. It seems to me that there have been you know, centuries of, of repression that has caused all kinds of trouble with just this topic, people trying to create normal through church, doctrine, or whatever, and uh, you know, caused all kinds of trouble. Well, you know, it's true, and we could talk about that at great length, but, you know, um, but why, you know? I mean, the church has done incredible damage to so many people's sex lives, and really, you know, there's some interesting theories about this, but, you know, the original sin, you know, um, Adam and Eve, was, many people believe, that they orgasmed, you know, that they orgasmed together, and in doing so, transcended the need for any religion. Because a deep, profound, orgasmic experience in union is really about as close to God as you can get. Uh, yep. So, Inter- interesting theory. I'd never heard that one. I like it. Um, so you know, I you know, whatever. I don't know that I can prove that to you, but if you take <laughs> that as a base premise, you know, what's really interesting is that the largest single study that's ever been done about sexual normalcy was actually paid, by, paid for by the Rockefeller Foundation in the 40s. 
and it was the Kinsey study. Yeah. And they literally interviewed tens of thousands of Americans. And, um, and what happened from that study, actually tragically, although the Kinsey Institute still exists at Indiana University, and there's actually some of the best information you can get anywhere online through their sexual platform, uh, Kinsey Ask, Ask, Kinsey Answers or something, I think is what it's called. Okay. But my friend Debbie Herbenick, um, is one of the people who writes the answers for that. And I'll tell you, <laughs> it's a place that I go to often for those answers. But, what they found, going back to the study, and if you've never seen that uh, that movie that was made a few years ago about the Kinsey Report, mm. um, I think Liam Neeson was in it. It was a really good cast, and it's an amazing movie. But what they found is that there really is no sexual normal. You know, that even though they were interviewing all these normal people, you know, our range of sexuality did not fit neatly into this little heterosexual missionary position box. Yeah. You know, but that, in fact, it included everything under the sun that makes us human and sexual and erotic. And the, you know what happened? They suppressed that. Oh. They were so disturbed by the responses in that report that they wow. suppressed it. And actually, no sexual research of its kind has ever been done again. Now, what about Masters and Johnson? Well, that was uh, like about the same time, and that was a different kind of research that was done of really trying to understand sort of more of the mechanics. The physiology. You know, the physiology and how, you know, there, there's some very interesting, interesting sensate research done of like, you know, which is, you know, so if you're so afraid that you're not normal, what happens is that you stop being able to feel. Mm-hmm. And so, you're, you know, you can't actually experience any kind of sexual pleasure or even sensation when you are, when your brain is busy in anxiety and fear about your normalcy. Yeah. So what happens is that you stop being able to feel. And what Masters and Johnson did really at about that same time, a little bit later than that, is they started to look at how can we get people to just sense. So they did this really interesting um, study of like all these different hot, cold, firm, soft, you know, and just getting people to to pay attention to sensation, Uh to get their brain out of, is this okay what I'm doing, and to just learn how to feel the sensations that were happening to them. And that actually was pretty successful for many people to start to experience some sexual pleasure because, you know, when we start to pay attention to sensation, and we stop worrying and worrying about whether we're normal, we have access to to our bodies. We have access to, to our feeling selves. And that's where, that's where passion is. That's where sex lives. Well, of course, when you're talking about people in those studies in particular, you know, it was more of the women that were uh, – I'm sure there were men having dysfunction, but I, I think – women were not expected to even really, you know, enjoy it that much. So, um, Well, I just want to say, and this is another thing in terms of normal, that many people don't discuss and don't even know, but for every woman that has sexual dysfunction, there's a man right alongside her. Yeah. It's not exactly yeah. the same sexual dysfunction, but, you know, for men it's erectile or premature ejaculation right. or right. inability to stay hard or, you know, whatever. I mean, they have, yeah. as, percentage-wise, just about as many problems as women have in arousal and pain with sex. Um, wow. So, you know, it's not... And, and the truth is that when any one partner, it doesn't matter which partner right. has sexual issues, the, the couple has those sexual issues. They share those. 
Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, and that is normal. Let me just tell you that <laughs> sexual dysfunction <laughs> issues of normal. is profoundly normal. Yeah. It's actually almost more normal in a lifetime to have those than to not have them. That's statistically how, how prevalent sexual dysfunction is. So if you're having issues with sexuality, you are part of a, of a, of a, a very big population of people who have those issues. And the tragic thing is, is that if we could just come to terms with the fact that we are human sexual erotic beings, we could start to have real conversations about that and, and yeah. make some decisions and, and, we're, and help each other. Well, I but guess mostly we, we don't even let, our, let ourselves talk about it. Well, so that's obviously a lead into our next conversation. So I hope in the meantime, everybody will go to your new website, which isn't really new, but it's a revived version of your blog. And will you tell me what that is again? Yeah, so please come visit me at makinglovesustainable.com. And, um, you know, we've, I've been writing Making Love Sustainable for a long time, but we just really modernized and made it beautiful and really user-friendly. There's a ton of beautiful images and really great content there. So I really hope some of your listeners will come over and see me over there. MakingLoveSustainable.com. And we have amazingly beautiful, incredible products at our sister site, goodcleanlove.com. There you go. And in the meantime, let's just sort of like, not, you know, focus on the word normal and just well, be. Well, let's not judge ourselves right. and be curious, yeah. you know. I love it. Thanks, Wendy. My pleasure. Thank you. Turned on yet? Well, go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. To learn more about this Green Divas eco-sexy podcast and find other low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green, 